to a self-connection. Welcome back for No So Network. It is Labor Day weekend. The clotheslines and headlines crew are here to preview the whole weekend. WWE Clash of the Castle, NXT Worlds Collide, and AEW All Out. We got Rocco and Rossi. What's going on, guys? Good to see you guys, man. It's an exciting weekend for wrestling, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a weekend that I feel has come together pretty nicely in the last week. Um, wasn't as excited about it until NXT really started kicking off their stuff. And AEW kind of was late to the party this this show. Um, but they, they seem to have put their card together kind of rapidly in the last couple of days. So um, I think that a weekend that I wasn't that excited for, I, I've definitely turned the corner on the last couple of days. So I'm excited to talk to you guys about it. Oh, I am. I'm ex- absolutely excited. If I if I were to say one through ten, guys, gay, give me your excitement. Rocco, Clash of the Castle, one through ten, ten being the most excited you ever been in your life without your hand in your pants. Where are you at? I mean, that's a high. That's a. I mean, comparatively, that's interesting. I'll just go without not everything in my life, but I will say I'm at a solid uh, seven for this show. I think it's gonna could be a, a turning point. It could be a really could be an important night. It could be a big, there could be a really big moment that could really lay out how things are going to go with this company for the next uh, couple months. Yeah, it feels like it could be a bow on the Vince McMahon run in a way, too. So, Rossi, all that considering, are you higher or lower than a seven? And a seven is a rookie score, by the way. I'm at an eight. Um, and, and Another like, rookie score. I think a lot of why I say eight, though, is, is I'm like really excited to watch this thing at 1 p.m on a yeah. saturday that, like, that you know that is very hang cool. up by the pool you know pop pop in right at one you know make sure that my high noons are on ice uh get ready to rock yeah very very cool i have football practice super early eight to ten and then i'm gonna fly home gather some stuff and i got some dudes coming over and we're gonna actually watch the pay-per-view and whip out another tv and watch <laughs> some uh college football you i know you didn't know where i was going there so my <laughs> excitement level for Saturday's Clash of the Castle is at 8.6. I am pretty excited. And if it's probably the the reason why I'm most excited is, we'll get to it in a second, is for the big title matches. The Roman versus Drew, they've done a great job of make, putting Drew in a position where he could win it. So that's like the biggest feeling match that they've had in a while. And it's, honestly, it's the first time Roman's felt legitimately vulnerable going into a match. Because there was a point where they had me with Riddle for a second, a split second, like a kick out, they had me. But uh, other than that, he's kind of been flirting with Brock for way forever. And really maybe at day one, a little bit where I felt, eh, they might switch that. But other than that, I didn't really, fe- I haven't really felt that Roman's been vulnerable since taking this title. Honestly, they, they've concentrated so much effort on Brock and Roman for so many years now that it's finally like exciting to see a guy that might have a chance. And, when you said like watching a match is one thing and you you bite on the kickouts and stuff like that, but when you're thinking about it and you yeah. just go, well, that's not gonna happen here. You know, he's not gonna win this. We kind of know that. So it's exciting to have this, and hopefully it's a start of, you know, a time where there was six or seven guys that you seemed like could win the title. You know, when you had an angle, a rock, uh, Austin, etc., where it was like all those guys could win these. You know, now it's three. That's exciting. So you know, it's it's cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I still wouldn't take anything away from that rain, but we'll go to it. All right. And then we have NXT Worlds Collide. We have Brom. Um, where are you at with excitement level for this one, Rossi? Out of 10. 10's the gimmick again. Well, now I got to get into your fucking percentages. Um, 
I seven one. Um, okay. Not. I, I don't want to get into the sixes because I do think the matches are going to be good, but I feel like it's too predictable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I can see the tag match going the other way. Maybe they pull something cute with Ricochet, and you would think Breaker in bait is predictable, but. Let me put it to you this way. If the draft was like next week, then I would say it's not predictable because we don't then know they it's do not anything. in a month. Though. Well, that's true. You're right. Yeah. I just feel like it's I don't know. I, originally, let, let me put it this way. The, if you asked me two weeks ago um, and gave me this card, I probably would have had different answers than like watching the TV this week. Um, they did a pretty good job. We'll talk about it. But uh, I still think it's super predictable. Yeah, th- this week was a very directional focused for to, you know to gauge your excitement and raise it really all right Rocco where are you at on uh excitement for this you had a seven correct so so Rossi real quick you had an eight to a 7.1 all right so you're a little more excited for the castle Rocco what about you just a shade lower I'll go about like, like a six point seven six point seven six point five uh I like uh, it's just inter- it's interesting matchups, you know. So I like that idea of how will how will Mandy Rose look like in a match with Miko Sotomayor. You know, that's really interesting. And the same thing with Bate and Breaker, because you know Bate's young, but he's still got a lot more years in his under his belt than Breaker does. So I think that's cool. And the adding uh, drop and hopefully no longer Nikki Ash by the time that happens, and the Ricochet Carmelo. It's like it's very interesting to see how some of these vets and these young people are going to be and it's it's kind of a cool thing that nxt maybe should do more without just sending a natty or Dolph down there for like a little run like a card like this where they can maybe do something with a main roster guy i know this is more supposed to be uh, intercontinental international but with a main roster guy versus an nxt guy like uh, carmelo hayes can really show up in this match with fucking one of the best guys ever you know like ricochet's such a like a untapped potential so like it's very interesting um uh it'll be very cool you know to see uh Caden Carter and Katana Chance against two established veterans, you know. So it's cool. I, I'm uh, so I like that. I like that a lot. I just wanted to put it a little shade lower because it's not as important as a yeah possible Drew McIntyre uh, Yeah, I'm gonna go seven one with Rossi too. Just steal the score. There's plenty in, to sink your teeth into, and you really don't know which match could be the best match. And that's not really the most important thing in the world, but it kind of is in the NXT world really it's where nxt is developmental and you really want to shine guys before you move them up to have those diehard stories on the main roster so they're in a good place with you know especially with a changing of the guard a little bit and focus up top sprinkle a little old school nxt dust on this card and it would be you know a good reason for that brand to you know really rejuvenize and kind of peak back up and perk back up but yeah either anyone any really any three out of these five matches could be the best match of the weekend in a way, in a way, but really of the night breaker bait, the four way tag match. And then the, uh, the Carmelo and ricochet match could be, uh, could be the weekend of the match of the weekend. So I am pretty excited for this card. All right. And then we have all out on Sunday or following this. It doesn't seem like they're going to run into each other. It seems like the WW uh, NXT will finish and kind of give, give a uh, pass the ball to AEW. And away. So AEW is a 14 match card. Rocco, where are you on excitement for this card? No, a little higher than the castle because it's got a lot of uh, a lot more matches that I'm excited to see. So I'm gonna go. I'll go with an eight. Uh, I'm very intrigued by how a lot of it's gonna play out. 
And there's just been so much talk about AEW and how what you know what some people perceive or like whatever they want to say is going on at the company. And I think it's going to be a really cool chance to like shut people up if they just really deliver. And they always deliver. Like their pay per views are always fucking. They are. They are. The the they are very high percentage wise. It's always a. Yeah, like it's always and they just have that really fun, just energy to the shows. It's going to be in Chicago. You know, if this thing's going to be people are going to be losing their fucking minds during the show, even if you don't like the builds for some of those matches or some of them, it doesn't matter. Like the acclaimed are going to be the most over fucking team while they're out there. And that's the thing with AEW is everything's over in that building. So it's always so exciting to watch. And the pay-per-views are, you know, the builds for some of the stuff. They did it late, but. They sold the building out fucking immediately. They don't have to advertise matches until the end because everyone bought the tickets that are going to be there. And sometimes it's better not to have all the matches set in stone a month early because then everyone knows where you're going and you have to have you could not you could set the show the week before and you don't have to have spent three weeks exactly building every single thing with those guys. You know what I mean? I'm saying so. Sometimes having it having the card set late isn't a bad thing that some people like to make it out to be. So I mean, then they have their matches that have been building and going. But, you know, when they throw in the, you know, some of the stuff and adding like the motor city machine guns and things like that later, it's I think it's cool. And like making the this. Well, we'll, we'll discuss the matches later. Yeah, it just uh, it's it. You got to drop 50 bucks to watch this and. It's like, all right, well, I, I'd rather peak my excitement late, I guess, in a way. But then again, I want to build it and in, in, build up the anticipation and, and then not be on a roller coaster of, yay, uh, yay. Uh, we'll get into it later. But anyways, Rocco, Rossi, where are you at? One through ten. Uh, I'm at about a five, 5.3. Kind of low, man. It, I'm not, it's probably, I was thinking about this today. I, I think it's the least excited I've been for an AEW pay-per-view since the company started. And I, I will not agree. That I, I, I'm yeah. in a similar boat, but I am excited for it. But yeah, I, it's, I do agree. It's not like blowing my I just off. feel like there's there's a couple matches that like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like there's anything on this show that I haven't seen before. Like Jericho and Danielson, obviously, like they've had a match. It was a long time ago. But I mean... I don't know. I think I'd rather, and I'm not hating on Jericho. I do like Jericho, but I think I'd rather see Danielson wrestle some other people in it. I think the casino ladder match is going to be cool. Um, the Honestly, why I'm even plus five is I anticipate an MJF return, um, and how they do that kind of has me excited and thinking about it, but I haven't liked the punk build. Um, I think it's been, re- we'll talk about it later. I think it's been really fucking strange the way they've done some of it. Um, and I'm just like, I don't know, I'm going to watch it and I'm sure I'm going to like it more than I'm, I'm sounding about it right now, but I'm just, I'm just down on it. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the fever that I would have of it being like an all out weekend. And maybe WWE took some of that away because I've been watching more of their programming, but, um, I'm just not, not there with this all out show as I would expect to be for an all out show, you know? Yeah, I hear you. But at the end of the day. I know I'm going to be more excited on uh, Sunday night at 8 o'clock, opposed that I am now. So I want to go 6, 6, 8. You know, I'm still pretty excited. At the end of the day, you look at this card, it looks better than 
you feel, if that makes any sense. You know, if you sit down and you look at it, you're like, all right, it looks really good, even though if you, the, the feel and the buzz isn't necessarily there. But all right, anyways, so let's go in chronological order here, all right? We got a, we got a gimmick here. You know me. I love my gimmicks and my games. I'm going to present to you a person who I think is going to win each match. I'm going to be like, all right, Roman Reigns is going to win this match, and this is why he's going to win it. And then you guys are going to chime in and be like, all right, I'll take the other side of that. You're going to pitch. You're going to give your two seconds on why the other person's going to win. And then the third person is going to decide who's really going to win the match. I'm going to take WWE. Rossi's going to take Worlds Collide. Rocco's going to take All Out. So let's start with Edge and Rey Mysterio with Dominic Mysterio versus the Judgment Day of Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. All right, I'm going to pick Edge and Rey Mysterio here. Now, I think the easy answer would be that Dominic is going to swerve and change. Sure, that's the easy answer, but... And that would be the and if I was the betting man, I'd go with that. But I don't I want to give you guys the softball early and I want to go with the edge, the edge. Yes, the edge in Rey Mysterio here. I think that there's a, a chance to have a little, little, little nostalgia kick here. And and in edge and Rey Mysterio's could go on a little tag title run here and they could low key be the team to take the, off the Usos if Sammy and. KO don't really come together yet and they kind of want to shape these titles off the Usos or they say they want to split them in a brand split or whatever. I think that's a really cool way to split the titles would be Edge and Rey Mysterio, 0-2 SmackDown 6 vibes. And then everyone expects Dominic to turn, but I think it would be cool if – I don't want to think of it. Nothing with Dominic is cool. <laughs> you, you expect Dominic to turn. And then he, there's just like this really cool spot with Rhea and then Rhea fucks the D- Judgment Day, not like fucks them on purpose, but accidentally fucks them. And then Edge and Ray get the win and then they kind of move away from the Judgment Day and the Judgment Day kind of catch their footing somewhere else. Maybe Rhea wins the belt and maybe they get into like a street profit food or something else. Just something else to kind of get these guys away from each other for, for a little bit and then maybe they can come together once they kind of sprinkle some new dust on each other but the prospect of edge and Rey mysterio having a tag team and continuing that tag team and maybe winning tag belts and maybe that's a way to kind of get dom even more ir- irritated down the line is by w- ray winning the belts without him that's the reasoning why i am taking the judgment day to lose rossi why do you think the judgment day are going to win i just think they have to they were made to look like shit at SummerSlam. Um, they've done a pretty good job rejuvenating them in the last month or and a half or whatever it's been. Um, Priest looked good against Edge, but Edge still won. I feel like Ray is in this match to eat the pin, whether it's from Finn again. Like I, Priest honestly probably should get a victory here. I know he did on Monday, but it was against a lesser opponent. But um, I, I definitely feel Judgment Day has to win this. Um, if they lose a big match again, then why are they together? They didn't do like a stipulation on it. Um, I still expect Beth to be involved in a match somewhere down the road with Rhea. She randomly came back in that one show and then was never heard from again. Um, so I, I don't think that you can put a stop to this yet. Um, as I feel like this feud has been going on for 75 years, but it's been better in the last couple weeks, I feel. Um, and that's because 
they've done a good job at making Judgment Day feel more credible than they had around the SummerSlam period, um, which that was when Edge made the big comeback. So I get it. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, the Ray turn, I mean, the, the Dominic turn was kind of teased a little bit on Monday when they did the thing where um, he like disarmed his, his kendo stick to Rhea and things of that nature. Uh, that, that almost feels like it, it's too easy. Um, but I feel like Judgment Day is just going to find a way to win this one, regardless with Ray being the guy that eats the fall. Um, and then maybe they, they do the turn on Monday or something. Now, you ca- it wasn't hard to sway me, Rocco. Which way are you swaying? I think it – where are you at? Um, um, Mike summed it up pretty much exactly how I feel about the whole thing. They don't give a shit about Ray and his legacy, so they'll make him eat a pin. And uh, I do – like, Beth has to come out, right, like in some manner to uh, really put a button on that whole thing. But, yeah, I agree with Mike. I agree, too. Uh, I'm swayed. I just want to play the other side and be like, hey – Kind of would be kind of cool for the Mysterio and Edge to smack down to six vibes and go from there. And does Dominic have to change? Does it, if he, his thing, he's like a linchpin in a way of this kind of thing where he's like the centerpiece of, of a lot of the matches. If it's either him turning or him like coming out with Rhea like around her back or whatever, maybe it's like a little red herring. And it kind of just they get away from each other and they can really refocus other ways. But other than that, it should be the judgment day. They can't look like dweebs again. All right. Match number two here is Gunther with Ludwig Kaiser versus Sheamus with the Brawling Brutes. Ridge Holland and Butch for the Intercontinental Championship. All right. I'm going Gunther here. Straightforward. This could be the match of the weekend. They've been saying banger for a reason. I think the banger is a kind of absolute here <laughs> you know unless if they have weird structure where they only go like five minutes or something from where somewhere reason but yeah man i think this is going to absolutely rule they've done a great job making the intercontinental championship important and i like this i like the idea of sheamus winning it to, to complete his legacy but i don't think that times now i think we're in gunther season for the continuous but i'm just going gunther and i'm just going to go kind of like an all I want to say, and oh, this is going to be like an old school NXT black and gold, old school NXT UK absolute barn burner banger, can't miss, hard hitting slugfest, and it's just going to be fucking awesome. Rossi, how are we shame or sorry, who wants to pick for Sheamus? How is Sheamus winning this, boys? I can't. I, I got nothing. I mean, kind of to your point where, where I'm excited the most about this is the fact that, like we were talking about before we started recording, like there we're surprised there's only six matches on this show. But if having six matches on this show and this match getting 20 minutes is the fit, as opposed to having eight matches and this getting 10, uh, I'm fine with the six. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I don't see any scenario Seamus wins this, but... I think it should be a hell of a match where there's going to be times during it that they might trick you into thinking it. Uh, crowd should be nuclear for this, um, but for both guys. Uh, so, yeah, I'm super excited for this one. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. Now, Eddie, he didn't really give me a volley there. Rocco, you got a volley? Or you, it's just this thing? The, the only thing would be a, a win for the hometown guy, even though it's not his hometown, but you know what I'm saying. But the crowd's in love with Gunther just as much as they'd like to see Sheamus win. So, yeah, man, uh, this match is there to fucking just wear. The the whole building's going to be worn out after this match, man. Like, it's going to be a fucking ride to watch. So definitely the most excited to be. But, yeah, man, can't can't give Sheamus much of a 
<laughs> much of a chance in my brain. Now is uh is this like a weird opener vibe, or is the like the next match we're gonna go with the opener real quick? I, think, I, I was just got... thinking that I was thinking this as the opener just because um I feel like you want to have this Drew and Reigns as separated as possible. I, I was thinking that too, but then I was thinking like it fits the storyline perfectly for Seth and Matt just to come out like we want to kill each other. We're not waiting. These two dudes just start the fucking thing off brawling like that would really kind of fit character wise, you know, like they shouldn't be allowed to be in the building together. They can't be in a building together. So just have them start the fucking thing. So I think that would be pretty cool. But it my first thought was this match would be the opener. All right. The next match here is Matthew Riddle. Have you ever heard of Matt Riddle versus <laughs> Seth? fucking Rollins. All right, so man, like this is like we've been talking about this on clothes lines and headlines and we really haven't been talking about this on clothes lines and headlines. This has been a super personal feud which started with not really a altercation. Like Seth stayed in the ring and like laughed at Riddle at Money in the Bank or the build to Money in the Bank or post Money in the Bank where almost squashed Riddle or so I don't know. I really couldn't pinpoint how this started but i know it started in ring where they kind of crossed in a multi-man match and they kind of just started like being annoying characters at each other and then in a way i these are annoying characters love them or hate them they're annoying characters and they kind of just got on each other's nerves and it just kept highlighting and highlighting and turning into personal so we there's really no substance here but it's fucking been awesome that it's been the build, the build, the build, the build has been small, small, small. And then it just totally overflows on Friday night on Monday, last Monday night. And then they come back from the break and then they have that person. And it's like, Jesus Christ, these guys are going to rip their fucking head off. But I don't know, man, I'm here for it. I think that both. And my thing all along is saying neither guys can really afford a loss, but they kind of, they're kind of bulletproof in a way. But I don't know, I'm going to go Seth Rollins. I think he, 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 squeaks out the win i think it's super violent if this match is starts in a you know <laughs> fucking if this starts in a hammer lock and a fucking mat fucking chin lock for the first five minutes like all right boys what are we doing here but it's not i expect this to be frantic frantic and violent or you know out of the box you know just go at nine the whole time and then just finish at 11 I just I really expect this to be fucking awesome. I think this is the the match of the weekend. I think the the way that they've built this up and the energy that both these stupid wonky guys have gone and just honed in and it's just it's just gonna rule. But I don't know, man. I I don't really know who's gonna win. I think it's fifty fifty. But I'm gonna go Seth Rollins just because I think it's gonna continue and. Riddle will probably win the quote-unquote feud, but this is the first match, and I think that Rollins will probably squeak one out, maybe a roll-up or something, but not in a like a like a harming way. Like they'll they'll protect Riddle, and they'll in the finish will get them to the next match, and then the the, the next match after that to kind of, to kind of the tiebreaker. And I think Riddle will win in the long run. But tell me why Riddle's going to win the first one. One of you guys. Not gonna be me. Um, I because I agree with you, kind of. So, um, so I think Rollins is gonna win, but I'll, I'll go with uh with the riddle scenario for you. Um, you know they did a really good job on Monday. You know there was people all over Twitter and social media thinking that that was like a shoot. Which come on, I mean, <laughs> come you, on. You, 
it's it wasn't. I mean, I, if that was a shoot, I think Riddle would have actually gone and killed Rollins. But um, I, th- that area is where, you know, ending a segment like that almost feels like Riddle has to win uh, because he should get his comeuppance because of the way that that ended. Um, and in reality, you know, Seth hasn't won a big match in a while. Um, you could go the route that he loses this and starts to spiral um, because he's kind of kept his demeanor despite all the Cody losses. Um, so I think that Riddle winning this wouldn't outright shock me, kind of to your point. I do think it, it is closer to 50-50 as far as this one is concerned. But um, I agree with you, Ryan, to the extent that it doesn't feel like the last match. Um, it's a conventional singles match. There's no stipulation to it. And the next pay-per-view is October, early October. And then you're going to Saudi Arabia. But um, the early October show is Extreme Rules. um, And Roman Reigns is not expected to be on that show per the local advertising in Philly in October. So they're going to need a blood feud to kind of close that show, similar to how they did that at Hell in a Cell with Cody and Rollins. And, I think Rollins is a star power to close the pay-per-view if um, Riddle's not around. I'm sorry, if uh, Reigns is not around. So they'll do some sort of crazy step there where Riddle gets his comeuppance. Um, so I guess we're all on board with Rollins here, but I, I can definitely see the lane when Riddle gets the W. I think for Rollins, it's got like a DQ. Like he's getting, like he realizes he can't beat Riddle. He hits him with the chair or something. Like you said, maybe setting up a, you know, a step match. Um, but yeah, I think it's got to be because if it's going to be two matches, it's going to be more because these guys are so good. They could to, are probably going to be so good together that there's going to be a second level. They could reach for a second match. So it could definitely be. And Riddle, well, Rollins did take out Orton, too. So it is like he's got a lot to be pissed at. So him just beating Seth Rollins like this first match out, this doesn't uh, it just doesn't have that. It's just not so satisfying to me. If so Riddle wins, it's kind of over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And if Rollins wins and if that's going to be the end of the few, I don't know. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right. We're halfway there, guys. The next match is Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Stah versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. All right. Uh, this one's interesting. You you get Sky and Dakota Kai lost the tag belts in a weird finish. Did you guys see that like there was a wrong, a wrong competitor in there or the illegal woman? Or something, or her shoulder was up. Something happened there where I was half paying attention. I was half sleeping. I haven't gone back and rewatched, whatever. But anyway, something happened where uh, Rhea, or excuse me, Raquel and Aaliyah won the match, won the tag titles on like a fluke, hidden way. So I don't know if that was just to kind of protect them or to kind of, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know why they did that. But anyways, that, that doesn't have much to do with this match. But it kind of does in a way where you know you don't have titles on both sides which i like i do I, I like i don't love i like that there's just it's focused kind of on the grudgeness here you know what i mean so it gives them a little more edge coming to this match you know on paper the bailey the sky and the kai pairing has, is better than you know you i thought it'd be a little better than it is i know they're still working out the kinks you know working out what they kind of their direction kind of is i guess the direction was the tag belts and probably bailey's direction is the single belts here so i'm gonna go with bailey's team getting a pinfall here 
maybe on Bianca, probably on Alexa or Asuka. But I could see maybe sacrificing Bianca Belair here with if it's Bailey getting the pin here just to set up a challenger for down the road. If it's Extreme Rules or a big Raw match or even the Survivor Series, who knows how it's going to shake out. But I know Bianca Belair has pinned Bailey in the past, and Bailey's first feud back is kind of Belair in a way with forming this group. It would give them credibility. So I'm going to go Bailey pinning Bianca Belair. You know, after the heels cheating or something or whatever. Which one of you guys going to prove the Oscar a bliss in Bel Air side? Which one of you guys want it? I will say I don't want it because I don't want this team to lose their first big match as a trio. All right. Well, you got to tell me why they lose it, though. Why would they lose it? They would lose it, I guess, in a good way to set up just to keep Bianca, make Bianca strong. Like, yeah. this is, I don't think they needed a group feud for their first thing. I think Bailey being the the main person with their with, with two lackeys, I think that's why they didn't need the tag belts either. Bailey being the single person with two lackeys against Bianca is more exciting to me than against with the Bliss and Asuka as well. Because it's like, you got Bianca, that's such a good thing because then, Bianca has to go through people to get to Bailey eventually, you know, and finally, if she's ever going to lose to Bailey, which I don't think she's going to do. So that's the only thing I could think of would be Bianca wins, take beats one of these people. And then we start we get Bliss and Asuka out of there and start with Bailey versus Bianca. Just her against Bianca. But then obviously then she fights whoever she pins in this match again. Something like that would be the way I would the only way I could really see it, because honestly, I think Alexa Bliss is just here to get pinned and make that team get stronger but that's the only way i would see that happen is yeah well you didn't well. you didn't really have to you didn't convince me i picked bailey in, in the in the in her girls to win this as they should in a way but you know the three bigger stars in a way not including bailey are on the other team so they if if the lane i would have went rocco is if this is a heel heavy card this is a feel-good win for the girl for the the baby faces and then they can get their heat back on raw so that would be my uh, that would be my sway. Rossi, do you uh, want to break any ties here, or do you do you agree with our sentiment? Or I think I think the only way that Bailey's team loses is if this is where they do a Sasha um, Naomi return, which I don't think is going to happen. At least here, um, I feel like they're going to come back at some point for the tag titles. But um, I mean, if you want to have that shocking surprise moment on the show, I really can't see any other spot of the show that you would have it. So this could be the time to do something like that. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be the one lane that I think could give the baby faces the win. Yeah, honestly, out of the out of the six matches, this is kind of the least. I don't know how to put this like the least anticipated I am for a match or the least like caring I am, but I do like all, I do like all six, you know what I mean? So, but anyways, the next match is like the, I don't know, on that level too. Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler in a singles match for the SmackDown women's title. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to make it easy on one of you guys here and I'm going to go Baszler. I think Baszler just catches her. And Liv's lucky run runs out. That's all it is. I think it's Triple H. He likes Baszler. I think he can have fun booking Baszler with Ronda if it's a duo at first. And then maybe 
they go after the tag titles in a while, and then sh- and then they turns into like an explosion of the mega powers in a way. In us, you know, in a in a in a female version or whatever. It's, I'm not saying that they're that big, but what you get what I'm saying. They're partners for a while. They're friendlies in real life, and then maybe that's a, and then they explode maybe at the end of the year or whatever after having a tag title run, and it, that's just like a six month way to get Shayna hot again and I know she's a favorite of Triple H so Liv's Liv's luck kind of she's been booked as a lucky girl so her luck kind of runs out and Shayna catches her in in her quote-unquote injured arm arm in an arm bar and she she's tough she holds but she ends up tapping now who wants to fight for Liv Morgan I got an idea who it is I'll take it okay that was quick summer of Liv will continue we have to because you know she's a Gonna represent New Jersey greatly. She's, she's strong. She's Jersey strong. But how it would happen, the way I would do it would be we're gonna see the traditional maybe like a the Shayna Kyrie Sane match or the would uh, the the super underrated Kayla Kayla Shayla Shayna and uh, Dakota Kai matches where that she really established Shayna as a monster and you could have that where everyone thinks and then how about Ronda comes out does something. And uh, costs uh, Shane of the match, and then start the feud right there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's the only really way I could think of it happening would be a way to get Ronda on the card. I mean, I'm sure the crowd would lose their mind seeing her there. And uh, she kind of costs Liv, Liv, but I really have a hard time seeing Liv pinning Shayna clean in a match. But why not <laughs> let her win? Like, I mean, it's. It's embarrassing to have a run, to give someone a run like this in this day and age when we've had so many examples of giving someone a title and then giving them a shit run right after, you know, the Rey Mysterio, the Daniel Bryan after he wins the belt kind of shit that we've seen a million times. It's kind of embarrassing that they would do that and not have the foresight, but it's a new person in charge, right? So the foresight of the win, it's kind of like when uh, Nikki A.S.H. won the belt, right? And they really only did it because she got super popular real quick. So it seems like that's kind of what they did with Liv. So that's the only way I could see Liv pulling this one out. So I do not think I will win this argument. <laughs> I don't know. I could see on the other side, you can see Shayna just she's propped up to make Liv better. And at the end of the day, Shayna can lose clean to Liv, I guess. It's not it's not going to hurt her because she was never taken serious. And Triple H just put some Triple H dust on her to make her credible for a loss to Shayna. Uh, I picked I pick Shayna as like just a an attaboy to you in a way, <laughs> to kind of, you know, just to not hurt your feelings and have to go the other way. But oh, I I think this is close to fifty fifty than you would think. But oh, rock rock a, a, a flash pin on Shayna doesn't hurt Shayna makes Liv win and like listen that's the way some champs win right they win by luck and that's kind of the thing they're giving her and then Shayna could just fucking destroy it right afterwards anyway if they really want to keep Shayna like hot you know but getting pinned on a roll-up or a quick thing doesn't make you you know it's like tapping real quick like they they always make it seem like it's the worst thing in the world to tap but it's a smart thing to do so yeah I, I it's not crazy that she could pull this off and like you're saying if we want a, a baby face uh win here that would be a, a pretty big one Ross, you want to break this tie? You want to move on to the main event? Uh, I'm going to go live uh, with Rocco. Um, but I do think that it's because of – I said this on our last pod too. I think it's because Ronda does something that screws up. Um, that's kind of been the MO um, is that Liv has been getting these quick, like, fluky wins. 
Um, I could see a scenario. I mean, Ronda's got to be involved in this match, right? I mean, they haven't kept her on TV for her to not be involved in this match. And they have, they haven't really showcased that her and Shayna are friends either. Um, they kind of have made it seem like that Shayna kind of lost respect for Ronda in a way because of the way Ronda was doing things. So I could see a scenario where Ronda tries to help Shayna, screws up, ends up hitting Shayna or something, which causes the roll up. Um, I just I fully expect Ronda involvement and then maybe there being a three way with these three somewhere down the road. I'm not sure if they're going to they're gonna have Ronda fly over for just the running. You know, I don't that's that's a big commitment from her on a Labor Day, you know, on a Labor Day weekend to truck away from the baby. And then for her private the, jet, brother. Yeah. But if they're going to put Ronda Rousey in the castle and not put her in a match, I don't I think they well, force like to put her why, in a match. Then why has she been on TV for the last four weeks? You know what I mean? She's their biggest star, and that 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 story, doesn't, that story doesn't have to culminate at the castle. That can just keep. Yeah, going. I don't know. I feel like they need to have her there for like the star power side of it. No, I I don't think it's a bad idea. I just don't want to. I don't don't I don't know if they do it if they have the, if they book her for the castle in a run in. You know, I I don't know. That's it's I I can see it though. You never know. It like you said, private jet, brother. All right. This is the main event for the whole fucking weekend. This is the main event. We talked about this a little bit. The early, it's time to glow this guys up. This is the biggest Drew has been pr- since the Royal Rumble 2020. This is the, the the biggest he's felt since then. Unfortunately, he had that pandemic run, but he was a soldier and he built up goodwill with the fans and within that company. A lot of respect to him for that. And yeah, of course, he got hurt within that pandemic a little bit but it that's a hard spot especially for a brand new champion but i don't know man they've done a great job the last month or so to get him where he needs to be to look opposing to feel opposing and to feel like there's an actual chance to dethrone the two-year champion you have a two-year champion roman reigns i think that this is going to be an absolute classic i think you know we've said match of the night this is the third time saying it this is match of the weekend upside. Sometimes, like we said that with Brock and Roman a few times, and it didn't live up to the hype. It did SummerSlam. WrestleMania didn't live up to the hype. They kind of went home early. Yada, yada, yada. We're not going to go there. But, man, I can just – oof. I don't know who I'm going to pick here. I don't know who I want to pick here. I kind, I'm kind, i torn, personally. I want Roman's reigns to ki- reign to continue. I think it. he's earned a long he's, – he's not stale to me. He's building – He's still building. He's still very interesting. He's still the biggest star on the show, the biggest yada, yada, yada. And is Drew the guy? I don't know. But, man, go watch that video package to tell me he's <laughs> that they did last week and tell me he ain't winning this. But all that being said, are we sure the Usos are going to be there? Are we sure Heyman's going to be there? Are we, you know, we, we got theory lurking, of course. So we got the cross lurking, of course. We got. Two returning guys. One's on Monday. One might be at the castle. We haven't brought that up. So there's a lot of factors that they've thrown in here that could be curveballs for a finish. Roman Reigns beat Bray Wyatt two years ago this week. He he had, after that he was moved to Raw and had a really bad Randy Orton feud and it was in the absolute toilet. So he could have some gripes. I'm, they're very creative. I'm sure there's could be some energy put there. 
You have Karrion Cross. He's inserted into this. He could be. He's inserted to this feud. He debuted to attack Drew. He did the TikTok thing to Roman. He left him off. Um, I don't think that Cross would come in here and protect Roman. I mean, Drew. I don't think he's going to turn on Roman here. He could turn on Drew. Not turn on, but attack Drew in a in a way. Maybe. I don't even know if he's going to be at the castle. Um, that, then there's theory. We don't know what inside that briefcase says. They could in that briefcase could be for one title. They could be, have a creative way of saying that this is for only one title and that's how they do it. And they could be really creative and announce that Austin Theory is cashing in for the WWE title and he can get claymored and pinned by Drew and Roman is still the universal title. That is my gimmick. That's what I'm going with. I'm going Drew McIntyre win on a Austin Theory cash-in, but the cash-in is for the WWE title. There's no language. That's a loophole language that we're going to go with. Is it? Do they explain it on SmackDown? I don't think so, but I think that they can do a really good job of explaining it afterwards or on commentary in a quick way of saying, wow, the briefcase, yada, 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 is only for one belt. They flirt with the undisputed title. They announce the undisputed title, but there's still two titles. <laughs> Let's be real. So that's my thing. Why is Roman Reigns winning this? Who's taking it? Go. I got it. Um, so I, I, I'm a very firm believer of whoever gets the last leg up heading into a pay-per-view ends up being the loser. And they have kind of flip-flopped. And spoiler alert, um, SmackDown was taped and they ended the show with for this Friday or tonight um, with Drew being, you know, reigning supreme over Reigns and the bloodline. Yeah. I like <laughs> I like your thought with theory. I just and and I definitely feel like there is a there, there, there is a very strong possibility that there's a creative way to get the titles separated. Now, in paying attention to everything that's been going on, you know, Owens has been saying he wants the universal, the undisputed universal title. Um, that's what Drew's constantly been saying. There's a lot, and Rollins has been teasing it. They've been building up the future opponents for Reigns. And Drew is somebody that obviously if he's ever going to win a title, it's going to be in this match and this match, right? Because well, at least beat, beat this form of reigns. Then the two year anniversary thing came up when they did like the big two year celebration for reigns. That's when I was starting to get swayed that it was going to be drew right now. There's been a lot of talk this week in the dirt sheets um, I forget who I think Russell votes was the one that that tweeted out. There's been discussion on if this is the time to beat Reigns, right? Russell votes is very much in the pocket of WWE. I think that we've kind of figured that out over time. But it didn't really pick up as a story like I think that they wanted it to. I feel like that was a leaked story to try to make you think that Drew has a better chance to win this than he does. Um, I just, I still feel like the rain story is not over yet. 
I feel like Drew's going to look really strong in this match and losing to Reigns is not going to hurt him. Right. Um, but the way he does lose it could be something that sets up a future feud. Maybe it's cross. Maybe it's something more with theory. Um, but I just cannot see us turning the corner with Reigns then taking two months off or whatever, and then not having the title. And I still feel like it's going to be him either losing the title to Cody at Mania or him, you know, defending the title and beating the Rocket Mania. So I don't think that same story fits a Cody title win if it's Drew. Um, and ultimately, I feel like that's why Reigns is going to be the one that holds the title and loses it to Cody somewhere, either Mania next year or the summer next year, whenever. Um, I just don't. I mean, I guess he could win it back from Drew in the meantime, but I don't know. I feel like once you take it off Reigns, it's going to be off him for a while, and I don't think now's the time. All right, break <clears throat> this tie, Rock. My brain is going to go with Drew because I think it's just such a big moment to have him win, and to that. But and I also I really think God, I just want those belts split so badly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but. Our thing. But maybe that's they don't. Maybe that's why they have been do, giving so much credence to the U.S. and Intercontinental because they're going to keep them on here. But I love the idea of somehow getting one off where it could be Drew wins and just on Monday, like Roman comes out and he's like, oh, like let the moment just be the moment. Don't Dusty finish this shit or do some crazy like fucking when Daniel Bryan wins and Randy Orton comes out. Like let the crowd fucking lose their minds, fucking stay in their stadium for a fucking hour or like just this huge thing. It'll be a great documentary. It's a really cool moment. And then on Monday, maybe Heyman's back out and he's like, well, you, you didn't look at your contract, right? It was only this. And Roman's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to work Mondays any, at a, anyway. So fuck it. I don't care about that belt. And he could just blow it off. He could be the heel and he still has the SmackDown belt, the one he's had the longest. And they could just do something like that. Or like you were saying, where if theory comes out, he could be like, oh, well, once you came out, I don't even want Theory involved. I just want like a big fucking important one-on-one match. But maybe Theory comes out and then Roman says like, oh, like once he was in that match, it was only for that one title, something like that. So there's a way I think he could just win and make the big moment and still get the title split off of him. And he just blows it off and says like, whatever, it never happened. I didn't want that belt anyway. Um, I don't want to work Monday. So I, I just like the idea of a. there's not a lot of big moments since Roman's had the belt and Brock has been the other guy with the belt. Like when's the last really big title change that we've had? And I think this is a chance to really have a, a big important title change that would look really cool optically. So that's why I'm going with that. Cause I think it would just be a really cool moment. So, and there's ways to figure it out on Monday, right? Yeah. It's uh interesting. I, my heart wants Roman to win just to, for the record, but I think it would be a really cool moment for Drew, and it, I, I don't know. They've built it up. It, it's awesome, in the, and in the best world, they split him somehow and sacrifice theory by doing it. So, all right, so that's the castle, guys. That's the most anticipated show we've had, you know, we kind of thought. So, Rossi, do you want to lead the NXT Worlds Collide like I did with the castle? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've I did a deep dive on uh, NXT the last couple of days. I got caught up with some stuff that I've been missing because, you know, you watch a lot of three hours on Monday. Sometimes it's tough to, to put wrestling on on Tuesday, you know, um, especially with, you know, fantasy baseball playoff and stuff that I've, I've blown all of my opportunities of winning money there. So so anyways, here we are. Um, I'm going to start with uh, the two matches that were made this past Monday, this past Tuesday. Um 
so Katana Chance and Caden Carter um, were able to defeat uh, Diamond Mine of um, Ivy, Nile, and um, uh, Paxley, Tatum Paxley. Um, and then, you know, they were kind of run off by Toxic Attraction, which I thought was interesting. But then Caden and Katana were in the ring saying, hey, there's nobody left for us. We're going to just have a party in the parking lot on Sunday. And then outstrolled uh, Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. Now, first off, I was originally like, shit, it sucks that these two girls aren't able to go work in this massive UK show. But maybe that's why they're getting the, the rub here and getting what, you know, could be a cool match and a good focal point for them. Um, I don't expect them to, you know, be sticking around NXT. Although if they do, it wouldn't be the worst thing because both of those girls, you know, probably are lost on that main roster right now. Um, especially when like a Sasha and a Naomi eventually come back, that just pushes these two down a peg a little bit more. Um, Dewdrop, ultimately, I'm hoping she gets a, a name change soon. Uh, but it was a really cool moment to see them come out, and they weren't they were playing heel, but they were respectful. They shook hands. Um, I think that Caden and Katana are gonna retain here. Um, I just why give them the titles to lose it on their first big defense? Um, now, obviously, if Dewdrop and, and ASH stick around. Maybe there's a lane where they win it. Um, but Katana and Kaden have done a pretty good job with these titles so far. Um, even when they haven't had a ton of matches, they've done cool backstage segments. They've been able to, you know, make themselves feel like, you know, they're, they're competent champions. Um, and they've been around for a while. So I feel like they're going to get a little bit of a run here. And I think beating um, a main roster team on a big weekend like this, when they'll probably be more eyes on the show than normal, um, and do drop an ASH will do wonders for their career long term. Um, so give me Katana and Caden. Who is going to tell me that this is do drop an ASH winning the titles? I don't want to, but I will because I love uh, Katana Chance. I think she's awesome and not just because she's from New Jersey. Um, do drop Nikki ASH. Total refab. Like they go down to NXT and change their gimmicks up, go back to something cool <laughs> together. Uh, now they, now you have super, you have some more British people down there. Or, yeah, well, they're both British, um, UK people. And they go on a little, they are now the veterans working with the young people, which is something that like NXT needs. That's how you get better, by working with someone better than you. I mean, it's been, it's, I've been told that since I started watching wrestling, that young people have got to work with old people to learn. So you get these girls down there. You come down, you got this fucking, that's a sick team. A real Nikki and uh, Dewdrop or Viper, that's a sick fucking team. That's a that's a Haas tag team. So you got them down there, they go on a, a run, make the tag belts cool, and then Chance and Carter get their their chance maybe at the, the next uh, the, the live event that they're going to do. So that's, that's why they're going to win. <laughs> Ryan, break this for me. Let me know why um, I'm wrong, why Rocco's wrong, why either one of us should be embarrassed by our answer. What do you think? It's going to be the TikTok duo of Katana Chance and Caden Carter TikTok in their way to a win here. I think it is a cool matchup. It would be cool if they uh, do drop in Nikki Ash stuck around in NXT to kind of refocus themselves and a quick, you know, facelift and, you know, ditch the gear. I don't care about the names. They're do drops kind of funny, but drip the uh, Drop the looks, refocus it. That they kind of already been doing anyways, and then you know set their sink their teeth in here. Think about it. If if Mandy wouldn't be able to refocus and do her thing on the main roster with all that energy up there, so NXT was the perfect spot to her to do that. They could do that with Duke dropping Ash. Yeah, but I don't think 
it's really necessary at this time for now. I would stick with the TikTok duo and just have them keep winning. That's that's fine. Go with that. All right. And now another match that was made to close NXT this week. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, similar story, came out and said, there's nobody left. Um, nobody's putting me on this show. Um, you know, obviously I'm above it, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I'll take the day off. And then it was answered by one Ricochet, a former North American champion himself, coming back. Um, and this is a, a match that I don't think that I thought about how much I wanted to see until they made it. Um, pretty similar career paths for these two guys. Um, obviously, Ricochet had more of an indie run before hitting you know Japan up and becoming like a megastar. Um, but Hayes really did a lot of independent work that got him to where he is today. Um, Hayes really has blown up as a character. It was, it was kind of astonishing to me how big he looked next to Ricochet. And obviously we know Ricochet is not a big guy, but, um, another spot here that, you know, similar to the Dewdrop ASH moment, um, Ricochet going back to this roster full time would be cool. Um, but I don't see it happening. I just think it's a good spot for him to have a banger of a match with a guy that, you know, they're going to be able to give a good rub to. Um, and then Ricochet can go back to SmackDown and it'll be like nothing happened to him. Right. Um, so I think Carmelo's going to win this. I think it's going to be a real landmark win for Carmelo's career. Um, and like we were saying earlier, this match, there's no reason why we look at all the matches from Sunday in particular and this doesn't feel like the best match on the weekend. Um, obviously, they should get plenty of time on a five-match show. Um, this smells like a, a perfect opener, um, and they can just tear the roof off that joint in Orlando. So give me Carmelo um, to successfully defend the North American Championship. And uh, Ryan, are you going to talk me into Ricochet here? I'll do my best, but I agree with Carmelo. He's a Massachusetts boy like that. I believe Framingham, which is like a town or two over from me. So Carmelo Hayes all the way. But Ricochet, respect all the way. Of course, you didn't. You made a good example of they, they kind of, their careers kind of coincide a little bit. You know, Ricochet on a bigger scale. But I don't know. They they both have that swag, but Carmelo has it. So if I'm gonna go Ricochet. And the way I would go ricochet is if there was a way, if we had a heel championship, and this would be a way to refocus all Carmelo's swag coming off the loss. It's like, all right, ricochet, the vet got me. I'm still young. I'm, you know, and he become all that cocky, cool energy would have to turn into humble, cool energy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm here. I, I need to focus my energy on my matches, not on my swag, not on playing games with trick not on being you know a little dastardly or too cool for school i'm going to focus on my cool swag energy in the ring and then just become a mega star baby face but i think that's main roster potential outside of nxt and the roster of nxt doesn't really have a heel championship for Braun breaker or for um carmelo to graduate from the a championship to the a plus championship of the nxt championship so that's scenario doesn't really work but it could work if say breaker is going to turn heel or Bates going to be win in a heel tactic and turn into a heel i don't really 
expect that. But hey, let's play that game where maybe Bate leads a heel NXT UK faction of all these guys coming over. Maybe like a Gallus and him team up and they're just mega heels and they help each other win in these matches. And Rickish and Carmelo Hayes is the one to dethrone Bate and Breakers moved up to the main roster. And Carmelo turns into the babyface coming out of a loss like I described, refocusing that swag as a in-ring babyface competitor. So that's my way of seeing Ricochet and his reasoning for winning. Rocco, you want to break that tie? <clears throat> I'm going to have to say Hayes, because I don't see, if it was not for a title, I'd say Ricochet, match for respect. He beats Hayes, goes back up to the main roster. But Ricochet, he's finally going to have a chance on the main roster to be a big deal, hopefully, with uh, Trips, who obviously loves him. There's no need to send him down to NXT 2.0 at this point. So. That's the only thing. So maybe the time limit or maybe some other thing. I don't really think he needs he, he needs to lose, but it's almost its own universe down there anyway. So he could lose and then just go right back and hopefully be one of the guys fighting for one of the other titles soon. So, yeah, he's all right. Rossi, did you sway any or you we we just go, um, no, we go. In no, Hayes. That's going to be Carmelo. Yeah, we know that's Hayes, I think. Uh, um, I appreciate the, the conversation, though, because it's a uh, it's a cool match. It was worth more than us just saying, hey, Carmelo's going to win. It's a good, cool story. All right, now we're going to do a four-way tag elimination match. It's going to unify the UK tag titles and the NXT tag titles, and that's going to be the Creed brothers, uh, Brutus and Julius, carrying the NXT title, um, doing battle with Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, who carry the UK titles, and uh, Gallus of Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, and Pretty Deadly of Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Um, so based on my typical who comes out strong, um, story here, um, we're going to eliminate pretty deadly. They got the win on, uh, Tuesday. I just don't feel like it's a time to give them the unified titles. I also think Jensen and Briggs, um, have had probably a better than expected run the last couple months. And I really feel like they kind of found something with these two as a tag team. Um, Briggs has kind of found his stride. Um, you know, he's kind of getting like Barry Windham comparisons I'm seeing on the internet, which is interesting. Um, and that goes with the gimmick, I'm sure, because you never would have said that when he had long hair on the Indies. Right. Um, but him and Jensen have kind of worked. Jensen's green as grass, but he's getting better every week. Uh, I don't really like the wrestling and cowboy boots thing, but Hey, it is what it is. Um, and that leaves us with the Creed brothers and Gallus, as I think the only two people that can win this match. Um, Gallus has come over and been exceptionally impactful from the get-go, um, you know, starting shit with Diamond Mine, kind of being what um, has made the Creeds and Roddy kind of come back together, although the Creeds still don't trust them. And then you got the Creeds, who, of anybody on this list, they're going to be the ones that have that uh, marquee potential down the road. Uh, being a major player on the main roster. I think Pretty Deadly's got a little bit of that as well. I don't really see it with the other four guys, but hey, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I, I really isolate the Creeds and Gallus here. I don't feel like the Gallus boys have to win this, though, as much as the Creeds do. Now, if we knew definitively there was a draft coming in the next week or two, yeah, maybe I'd push it towards the Creed, Creeds losing this and then getting called up. Um, but ultimately, I feel like they fit the mold perfectly for what it looks like Triple H and, and crew is going to rebrand this NXT roster to be um, more, much more back to the work rate style than it was in the past. And 
the creeds will thrive in that. Um, I will say it end up, ends up being them and Gallus as the last two standing in the elimination match. I think uh, Brooks and Jensen and Briggs might Brooks Jensen and Briggs might be out first. Um, pretty deadly, not far behind. Um, and then ultimately, I think the Creeds pull off the W here um, and unify those tag straps. Who is going to tell me that I'm wrong? Oof! I'll I'll take a swing and I'll, I'll give Rocco the leftovers to pick over. That's the kind of guy I am, you know. Scraps. The scraps, you know, Jersey trash. So yeah, mm-hmm. Jersey scraps. All right. So you took the creeds. I agree. That's kind of my pick too, but I think I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the Gallus boys. I kind of want to go Brooks and Jensen. My heart's thinking Brooks and Jensen with like, they're like low key APA ripoffs in a way without like the, the toughness in like in a, like in a way in a, uh, like a, teenager phase kind of way uh i think briggs is pr- like a perfect tag guy in that company and um i kind of dig those guys i think jensen has a lot of charisma but i'm going with the gallus boys here my thing is i think it's a hard i don't see a lot of uk people winning so i think this is a nice way to get the straps on the uk guys are we sure so it, this is wolfgang and mark coffee right where joe's not in this I'm going by Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, and it says Mark Coffee and Wolfgang. Yeah. Okay. So Joe being the guy on the outside where they have, they, Briggs and Jensen has the chick. What's her name? I forget her name. Whatever. Katana, uh, it's not Katana Chance. There's so many new girls down there. Uh, Fallon Henley. They got Henley. Pretty Deadly has Lash Legend. So that's, you know, I'm sexist. So those are just chicks. Whatever. Right. <laughs> and then the creeds have diamond mine of course but roddy can kind of fuck them and then damon kemp kind of equals out roddy but the gallus boys they've stuck together forever and i think that joe coffee is the one to at the end cheat and get the creeds the win or roddy is you know they protect the creeds in a way and get them out early in a shocking way and roddy is the one that really that that with roddy it finally boils over and he's the one to screw the creeds early on and then maybe it's brooks and jensen that the gallus boys are the ones that coffee interferes for but i think joe coffee gets in there pulls some shenanigans and gets the gets the win to the gallus boys now rocco i know you're a pretty deadly guy you look like them you know, you act like them, mm-hmm. and th- their vibe is just you. So, uh, is that the team you're going with, bud? I mean, it's like looking in a dual mirror every time I watch the TV. I uh, I do like the idea of like a Gallus win because I feel like, like you said, I think a UK team would be nice to come out of this with a little gold. And I really do like uh, Jensen and Briggs. Like, I, I really like both like, teams, man. Yeah, the team like this is a like. They're in good shape, right? They're in good shape with the tag division in this place when this after this is done. But I'm gonna agree with uh, Mr. Rossi and the Creed brothers. It's it's their time, and uh, it'll add to. They seem to really want to keep this thing with Roddy going, so now it could be add to that where he's like, yeah, see, you stay with me, you got gold, and that whole thing could go on, even though it probably shouldn't. But yeah, I'm gonna agree with Mike on this one. Cool, man. Keep rocking. All right, so Creeds, Creeds, it is. Um, so now we get a women's three-way unification match now i like how there's two unification matches with people that aren't champions um that that's an interesting concept but anyways this is one of them um mandy rose comes in 
with the NXT Women's Championship. And she's had quite the run with that title, um, seemingly getting better by the day um, against Miko Satomura, um, who has been in wrestling for 150 years um, with the UK Women's Championship. And then uh, Blair Davenport having her second match that's coming over to the States um, and being in this match because she was the rightful heir to a number one contendership in NXT UK. So the way they built this was pretty simple. Um, Blair said she deserved the shot. Uh, Mandy came out and said, yeah, maybe you do, but I'm the shit around here. Um, so too bad. And then Miko came out and said, triple threat match. Um, so that leads, this is probably the most interesting match of the show because the Blair Davenport stuff is where I kind of get sidetracked because obviously she sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, why is she in this match? And obviously she's in this match because they probably were too afraid to do Mandy and Miko one-on-one. Um, I don't know why, because Miko would have made it work. Um, and I think Mandy's fine enough that she would have looked good in this match as well. Um, and here's the deal. Davenport is good, but she's not a seasoned, like, guaranteed five-star general in this thing either. So the three-way here might become a little bit of a mess at times. Um, but looking at Davenport, to me, she plays two factors in this match. She's either going to win the thing or she's going to get pinned. Um, there's no middle ground with her here. Um, that's the role that she's playing. Now, do I really think that they're going to strap up Blair Davenport? No. But let me let me explain why I might make that argument. And that's because... You know, if Mandy Rose is going to come up with Toxic Attraction, they've kept Toxic Attraction out of this match, uh, out of the show completely. And I don't know if that was a shoot injury with Gigi. It didn't seem it the way she was getting involved on Tuesday. And they're putting them in a feud with uh, with Diamond Mine. It just seems like it's off. Um, but that could just be a way to run them off of this ring um, on Sunday to kind of have people run, you know, when they try to interfere, if someone come out and clear them out. Um I don't think Miko's going to win because I feel like Miko is going to just retreat back and maybe be a coach in NXT Europe. Um, I can't see her having a full-time U.S. run. Um, so I feel like she's in this match to just, you know, make it awesome, um, but not, you know, eat the pin or do the pin as part of this. So for the, for the sake of argument, I am going to go with a shocker here and say that Blair Davenport wins the titles and pins Mandy Rose and with the re- main reason being Mandy comes up pretty soon with Toxic Attraction. Um, Davenport gives the UK a win that they very sorely need on this show. So they don't look like a complete bunch of stumps. Um, and then Miko goes back to the UK and prepares for NXT Europe next year. Um, and whatever role they give her there. And, you know, she showed her face and looks awesome enough in this match that they can bring her back like Mania Weekend next year or whatever they have a big match set up for her. So, Blair Davenport is my upset pick of the weekend. Um, what do you guys have? Yeah, Who Who's telling me I'm wrong? I'll go first. Um, I think that it's a cool idea because I was having a hard time figuring out if you picked Mandy Who, I would go because Miko's, they seem like they do have a lot of respect for her. Like if you remember the May Young Classic and – Michael Cole was like losing his mind for her every time she had a match. She and, you know, it was, you know, so, but Mandy with this, if she didn't have such a long run, you know, she had just won the belt like a month ago, but the run that she's on is so important that when she loses it, it should be important. And it should probably be to Roxanne at a big match or someone like that. So that's the reason why 
I just don't see it being on this card that was kind of just thrown together too, you know. So having it here seems like it just makes her run a little less. And like he said, I don't know Miko as the champ taking that belt away from her. And then, yeah, it just doesn't, it seems like it's too, it, it cut into the plans as they probably were intended, which was for Mandy to have like a sick run like she's been having and then lose it and then eventually go up. So I'm going to have to say uh, Mandy's doing this one, but I, I do not know who she is going to pin. So I don't know. It would be interesting if she does pin uh, Miko, because that would be a really nice cap in her belt that she could uh, take you know, and say, I beat a legend, you know, I beat all the legends and I'm going to go up to the main roster and beat them too. Something like that. So I'm going to go with Mandy Rose. What about you, Ryan? You're going to break this tie. Guess I got to go Miko Satamora here. Um, uh, Miko, it's, it would be fun. Maybe they get some equity within her. She took the belt off Alba fire. It would be good. They use Blair. They protect Manny by Blair getting pinned. And then this is a way to get the belt on Alba Fire by getting a receipt because she's the one that took the belt off Mika in the first place. So it'd be cool to transition to Alba Fire sooner rather than later. And then Mika can go off and come back later down the road for NXT Europe and or like like Rossi said, WrestleMania specials in just Mako rules. You know, she's just she's just awesome. Can you imagine she was here all the time? She'd be the grandma. She would replace Natty. And she just she just brings so much prestige to the TV, and she her vibe is just awesome, and she can still go. She just she just rules. She's awesome. So my thing would be Miko wins, but it's a way to transition to Albafia. I mean, you said she's a grandma. I think she's only like 42 years old. For the record, <laughs> well, grandma vibes is what I'm saying. Right. I mean, she's like a year older than Oscar, but yeah, I get what grandma, you're saying. Though. She has grandma vibes. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, she does. She definitely does. And she's been you've known she's been a thing you've known about for a very long time if you're a she fan of any WCW kind of. She in 1995. <laughs> yeah, so it's like she's uh, she's got TV time for forever. So yeah, but yeah, it'd all be right. cool. So we all ended, but can we agree who do we think it's going to be? Because I don't think it's going to be Miko. I think I laid out the, I think I made a decent case on on the on the outcoming of her winning, but I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be. I think it's going to be. Uh, I just can't. See, it, Blair just seems sudden. You know what I mean? And is her upside? It does. It does. Is her upside? Would her upside um like benefit from this win? Is what I'm like. Would it? I don't know. I think it's like uh, I I think it's just looking at the show and it's like all right, we don't want to beat the creeds, but we need somebody in the UK to win. Um, and it's just. I just don't – I struggle with her being in the match just to be the fall girl, I guess. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's they, they don't typically have this big impact debut like they did with her um, and then have her just do a job in her first big match. You know, it's, it's weird. Um, I, I, I'm I going to be honest with you guys. I, I mostly pick Blair for the argument's sake. I, I do think um, uh, Mandy is probably going to still win this, but – um, I think that it's a, it's a much, it's probably the, the match of the WWE or of the, definitely the match of the NXT show with the, with the least predictability. Um, and you know, really they could go so many different ways with no matter who wins this title from here, that it's an interesting combo. So, so let's, let's say Mandy. Yeah. I think I got the Mandy vibes. Just throw that extra, extra equity in her before they bring her up. Yeah, and it's a it's a three way, so Tosca Traction could interfere, and not, she can't, she won't get disqualified. So good point. Yep. 
Yeah. All right. All right. So, cool. The main event. And then our main event, we got Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate. Now Bate, um, Bate is a awesome wrestler. Um, but he's also like 22 years old or 23 years old, whatever he is. Um, this is, this feels like similar to the other Braun matches with your Grimes, with your JD, uh, J, whatever his name is. Um, Dolph, these are all matches to make Braun better. Um, this, I, I really like the buildup of this, both this and the women's match with former champions coming in. Um, your Rhea, your Shayna, your Finn, your um, Ciampa, uh, Walter, um, or yeah. I'm sorry, Gunther, uh, Pete Dunn, um, or Butch. Uh, that really, I think, made this match feel even bigger than it did before. Um, by those guys saying, hey, you've got to honor the legacy of this belt, um, because if you lose it, it's pretty much gone, right? Um, I will say that when the match got announced, I thought Braun was going to lose just because I feel like it's a great way to introduce, uh, you know, Tyler Bate back to the masses, have him get a big win. And honestly, Tyler Bate's a big enough star that it doesn't hurt Braun if he did get the L, but I think over time I've realized it's gotta be Braun. Um, he's the, he is NXT right now. Um, bait will not be hurt by a loss to Braun. Um, and like I, like I was saying with the creeds, if I was assured that they were, the, that they were ready to go full bore with Braun on the main roster, then I would say, Hey, let's get the title off of him and think about that. But I don't think he's ready for it. So let's have him get another big win here. Should be an awesome match. I'm going with Braun breaker. Who's telling me it's bait. Uh, I'll jump on it. I'll play the game. All right. So. I alluded to earlier, a heel turn. I think the vibe is a heel turn. I don't know if it's the Gallus boys, or I don't know who it might be. It could be one of, like, shit, man. It could be something weird like Sangha or even, like, Babatunde or Commander Aziz just to give, because Breeze is so small, give him a heater. You know, it could be something like that. I could just see a heel turn coming a mile away. You said he's a big star. But he's always come up short. It gives him a chip on the edge, you know, a chip on the block or whatever. Um, his f- storyline wise, his friend betrayed him. So he yeah. He, so he, his friend Trent Seven betrayed him in the UK before the UK ended. But it could be a realization of he needs his friends. Yeah, he went out and won it on his own. But the backbone, maybe it's even, I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's a Gallus boy or someone weird outside the block, like I said, but I don't know. Let's go with that. That's, that's my lane to get the Tyler Bate to win because Braun Breaker should be protected and Braun Breaker should still be gassed up and Braun Breaker should still win, but I have the Pete Bate side. So, or the Tyler, the Pete Bate, yeah, the Tyler Bate side. So that's why I'm going with it. An unproceed heater coming and I don't know who. <laughs> I um I to break the tie I uh, I hate to do it but I hate to hate to agree with Ryan but I am gonna go with Tyler Bate even though I don't think he thinks that's really how it's gonna happen but I think him I think if he loses and Miko loses and it's all it makes the UK experiment just gets shit on it, like so him winning validates that whole project I think in Trip's mind and we know Trip's loves him. And he's fucking awesome, you know, and he's like he's a homegrown guy, essentially. I mean, you know, he had his stuff, but when he's he just he's good looking. He can talk. He's I think he's going to be a huge star. And I think this is a great way. I like the idea of the heel turn. I didn't even think about that. I was thinking more. He just wins. And, you know, it's a cool moment. But like a Trent seven coming in and 
I think it, Braun as the champ is going to be. I'm not as excited for it. I'd rather I like to see him chase. I like to see him because him getting these guys to fight with hasn't been the greatest for, for me at least. So and him as a uh, you know chasing now or just having something else to do or going up or whatever would be cool to me. So yeah, I think Tyler Bate winning really justifies the whole you okay because this is kind of a a celebration almost of what those were with that that really cool thing that they did for so many years. So to me, I think him winning. Maybe have some of the Brits come out, you know, maybe the boy Trent Seven sign comes back. I don't know if the 2.0 crowd really knows that crew that much. But, yeah, I, I think him um, standing with the belt at the end of the show would be a really cool visual. And I uh, that's what I'm going to go with. Tyler Bate. You think they celebrate with some, like, tea and crumpets and get all weird and stuff? Weird and wonky or whatever they do? <laughs> tea and crumpets. So we're, you bring back the real big time theme song. You get Peter Gabriel to give them the, pay him a little scratch like the old WrestleMania theme. Is it WrestleMania 22, Rocco? Hey, that's his real theme, though. That's what he used to come out to. So uh, they got that weird fake version that they use. So fuck that. Give him some ducats. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I think that'll be really cool to watch. All right, Rossi, this is the last match you're leading. You swaying either way. You sticking you sticking to your guns. No, I'm sticking, Bron. I, I think that um, I like your I like your idea. I think that's the right way to go. But I feel like I think it like should. I was saying before, a lot of eyes on this show. Um, and Braun is probably the right guy to get over. And Bates not hurt by losing to Braun. I mean, Braun's not hurt losing to Bate either, but to a new viewer, maybe because of the size difference. I don't know. Um, I, I think it's going to be Braun. I think it should be Braun too. All right, Rocco, you want to lead this AEW mix, this AEW crew? We don't really talk AEW on the podcast. We talk about it on the side, but we got a 14 match card here. Let's just hit the, the, the preview matches without a preview, just kind of give us Tamaishi, Kingston, go, and, you know, with those ones, be brief, and then let's just sink our teeth and get out of here. What do you think? Hit it, Rocco. Yeah, man. I'm going to go through the whole thing pretty brief. I'm not going to give the whole background. We know what's happening here. Kingston, Ishii, it's going to be a, a brawl. Kingston wins. I I agree, but if I got to agree, if I got to pick Ishii, I'm going to go, this is kind of like a weird um, meta punishment or this is a way for sammy to come in and interfere and they can kind of storyline since they buried the hatchet backstage storyline wise sammy can interfere and then they can get into an actual like tv story instead of backstage heat and they can have that as a backdrop but this is sammy interferes helps ishii and ishii wins completely agree with what ryan just said wow well fuck me running um (laughs) Pac, uh, Kip Saban, the All-Atlantic champ. Cool. It's, you know, Saban's coming back. For him to lose seems weird, but it's a cool first opponent on, you know, AWTV. It's going to be a fun little match, and Pac's going to win. He's going to keep his belt. Can't argue that. I mean, Kip Saban's been wearing a fucking box on his head for the last year. He's not beating Pac. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Fucking... There's salt in the box, and then he throws salt in his eye and rolls him up. That's how Kip Sabian wins. Or maybe Penelope Ford comes out, and she flashes Pac, and we all win. Oh, I do like that scenario. Um, Hook, it should F- be Pac. Cosign. Yeah. Hook, FTW title, Angelo Parker. It's there for the Hook pop. Hook wins. Keeps the belt. Uh, <laughs> Angelo Parker's going to win, and Angelo Parker's going to win in eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That would be sad. Um, I don't even want to think of that. Uh, yeah, Martel 
trips hook and <laughs> there's no chance. <laughs> right. This is one we can't even credibly try to pull out of our ass. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go in the order I'm looking at it, which seems weird to me, but I'm just going to go there. Danielson, Jericho. Um, interesting match. Uh, NXT um, rematch from, what is that, the, the first season of NXT? Oh, yeah, um, 2010. Yeah, yeah man. Brian took that sick bump. Um, I feel like he's definitely going to do that same move in this match. because That would be kinda, a great callback. Yeah, I mean, yeah. these two guys are way too smart wrestlers to not do something like that. So I think that's going to be really cool. You know, at first when they said this match, and I'm like, I'm fucking Brian's the, one of my all-time favorites. He's so fucking good. And I was kind of like, ah, oh, against Jericho. Like, but, you know, this is this is going to be such an interesting match to watch. It's like the Jericho changing his style thing. It's like, this is going to be just, like, a just interesting, hard-hitting match. I don't know. I really don't know. And I'm, that's, I'm very excited to see this match, and I wasn't initially. I feel like Danielson is going to win this one because I feel like he's on a, a run to stay at the top. He doesn't need to be losing. And I feel like Jericho is probably, if I'm not mistaken, going to be touring. That doesn't really seem to stop him from flying one day a week. But I feel like I could see him taking a little break ski. He's been <laughs> getting fucked up and, you know, could use a little, a little time off. So I could see Dan, not time off, but you know what I'm saying. I think Danielson wins this one. I think he's, his trajectory is too strong right now to lose to Jericho. Um, I'm going to go Jericho just based off, Garcia realizing that he's an actual sports entertainer and it's been a ploy to suck in Jericho and it's that wrestle you take wrestling too serious and wrestling will only get you so far and you need to be a complete package in Garcia is that's the lesson that Jericho is teaching Garcia and Garcia realizes it at the culmination of this match and he screws Jericho and becomes a sports entertainer full time, and they appreciate Garcia after the match. So also, you, you want to break I like a tie? That. I like that, and that was the first thing that I thought of when he stopped Jericho um, from swinging the chair at Brian on Wednesday. Um, and what also made me think that is the fact that they fucking announced. That Garcia is wrestling Yuta again on um, uh, Dynamite on Wednesday. And now I know they're in Buffalo, which is why Garcia is in that match. But you could have given Garcia 100 different opponents that are probably as big or not bigger than Yuta. Um, and that's not disrespecting Yuta at all. It just It's a match that just happened in the ROH pay-per-view. Why is that match happening again? That kind of makes me think like it's happening again because there's going to continue to be that conflict between bcc and the jericho appreciation society um i think danielson's gonna win but i really like that thought maybe maybe he helps him but then danielson overcomes the odds but i really want them to turn the corner again and start talking about how danielson's kind of the failure of the bcc right now because everybody else is a champion and the best way to do that would be a jericho win here so i'm torn i'm gonna lead danielson because i feel like i agree with rocco about the jericho touring thing but probably the match I want to talk the most about, and that's why I just rambled for three minutes. Yeah, you know, Ryan, Ryan, I, I do like what you said. I could kind of see like, the whole thing was a ruse. Like, what's more sports entertainment than a giant ruse like this? Yeah. And he says, hey, the Miz was right. You should, like, you're out there killing yourself, and we're sports entertainers. So, yeah, very interesting, uh, Ryan. I, I like that. I like that. But we're all going to win in this one because that's going to be a fun fucking match. 
Yeah, I think that's it's actually I don't know if it's sad if that's the most match I'm looking forward to. I don't I'm not sure if it, like I love both guys. I, I should on Jericho, especially post whatever Jericho. But at the end of the day, he is a great professional wrestler and he's been great in uh, most of the roles that he's had in this company. So he's just so stupid and so entertaining. I don't know this. I'm looking forward to this match. And Danielson's an all time great to me and to most people anyways. And it has a lot of history to it, like like yeah. you're saying the NXT thing. Like that's you know there's there's a lot to be said here. But All right, yeah. we're gonna go on to the. Well, my gripe is we're talking about WWE storylines on an NXT show on a freaking. Yeah, AEW. but that's just but the AEW everything is everything counts. It's the world is allowed to exist in the in AEW. You're allowed to do that stuff, so I don't think it's that crazy. Um, four way match. Starting your show. <laughs> All right, hmm? continue. Stop interrupting me. Tony Storm, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Jamie Hayter, and Hakaru Shida for the Women's World Championship. Interesting match, uh, uh, the forfeited championship. Um, I think Shida had her time. I think it's Tony Storm's time. I think she was going to win before this happened. But Dark Horse Jamie Hayter, in my back of my brain, says this. But uh, I think it's uh, Tony. She's been on the direct, uh, on the on her path to winning. Uh, she's definitely a star. She seems like a really cool person in real life, too. So I'm going to have to go with Tony Storm. OK, um, Tony Storm was definitely going to beat Rosa. I, I, I will say that. So on paper, it sounds like, you know, Tony Storm should win this again. I'm going to keep harping on who looks strong coming out of the go home and the, the baby faces won. Yes, Sheeta won, got the fall on Brit, surprisingly. So that makes me think Brit's going to win at first. But then I'm thinking about it. Britt and Hayter have kind of been not at odds. They've kind of gotten past that, but I feel like this is a spot where Britt has the title one and Hayter somehow gets the victory, um, probably on Sheeta. Um, and the reason I'm thinking that is Rose's position as a baby, um, Storm's position as a baby. Um, if you put the title on the baby, now they're just going to pretty much feud with Britt and and um hater again it just doesn't seem like the story's gonna play well if you give this to storm um so i i think it's definitely gonna be one of the heels and i'm leaving hater because i feel like it's the time to elevate her um she's been really good tv for the last month or two um she they've really heated her up to an extent that she's even viable to be in this match um i do think she's gonna win it into some some way that almost kind of starts turning Brit baby, which I feel like is something that they might think about. It's look at we're heading into the fall where AEW is really going to have to worry about their ratings again because it's almost payday, right? Um, so you're gonna want to have Brit be a prominent part of the TV, and if you turn her baby to do that and feud with Hater for a kind of a long term story. I think that's the best way to do it. And by doing that, you got to get the belt on Hater now and maybe push Storm towards a feud with um, Jade Cargill. All right, and I'll take Dr. Britt Baker just because I don't see Hikaru Shida, and those are the only two women are left. And I do agree that Hater and Baker is the feud, but I think Baker should win this. She has deserved to be the two, the first two-time women's champion um i think it would be cool for her to get it and then transition to jamie hater sooner rather than later and then maybe hater can help her win and then not feel great about it afterwards and that can start the feud and 
like you said, that's a good way of turning Baker face by Jamie. Maybe, but then again, that's kind of a, a heel, a baby safe spot for Jamie hater. So I don't know. I would just go with Baker and then they can turn just into a feud afterwards. I do love uh, the idea. Hater does not need to be with her anymore, but it's why change the, the, the outcome was going to be storm. Hopefully there was big, there was plans laid out. Why, why change it just because someone got hurt. So um, yeah. It's Tony time, baby. Look at that. All right. So that ne- would be great. <laughs> the next match, which is, I think, one of them. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this one a lot. House of Black versus Darby, Sting, and Miro, who is my favorite, one of my favorite promos in the world. Insane, God-loving, yelling at his own God Miro is such a, a cool character that it blows my mind. What's Sting going to jump off of? Darby, what's he? Uh, it's this is gonna be a. They had the preview, the preview, uh, uh, uh the uh, dark match, uh, House of Black did, and that was insanely good. Uh, I think the last pay per view, and uh, they're just good. I love Malachi Black. Brody's been showing up, and Matthews we know is good as shit. So, who wins? House of Black needs it, I think. They, uh, I think it's time for Malachi to kind of ascend to a more singles role. I don't know if they're Gonna be stuck in a six-way thing. I don't know who takes the pin. Probably a Darby uh, would be the most likely one. Uh, I think Miro needs to be on single too. But this is just a really cool match to have, and it's gonna be a wild. Uh, the six-man with like a uh, uh, young buck style six-man is not as exciting to me as this kind of six-man match with just weird styles like Darby, a Sting, a Miro, like Power Dude. <laughs> Sting's fit, so I'm going to say House of Black needs it the most, so that's my pick. All right, thank God you picked them, because I'm picking Miro and Sting and Darby Allen, just based off the fact that, I don't know, like, they seem to want happy endings here with those dudes, and if you read into the tea leaves, I think that there's a little issues with the House of Black in management, in a way. Maybe it's creative differences or whatnot. Now, do I believe that Malachi Black asked for his release? Uh, I don't know. That smells like that smells like wonkiness. But do I believe that he was given his release? Not really. But is there discussion of it? I don't know. So it's I guess it's like a 10 percent possibility. But regardless, I think the punishment for Malachi came in the Dark Order match where I think Alex Reynolds rolled him up when they could have easily rolled up Buddy Matthews or Brody King, who are definitely fifth and sixth on importance out of the six guys in this match. So with the odds there, I'm going with a Brody King or Buddy Matthews pin. Probably Buddy Matthews gets pinned by, let's say, Darby because Darby could use it. Or Miro, if you want to go off with Miro as a strong push, push coming out of this for a contender to one of the hunt 500 belts sure great go after it but i'm gonna go miro sting and darby allen with buddy matthews getting pinned because it's not malachi and it seems like the other two can afford that ross so break that i'm gonna break it i'm gonna say house of black win um reason being is this is 1000 percent a tony khan spot when he can say, or everybody's been talking about how we're going to get rid of Malachi Black, or we're going to release Malachi Black, but fuck you, Malachi Black's here for five years, and he's going to win this with a 
um, dominant effort. Um, I mean, I think that Sting and Miro are going to look good in the match, but I think Darby's going to eat the shit again. Um, he did just beat Brody in the calf, the casket match. So I think by the law of averages, House of Blues, House of Blues, House of Blues, <laughs> House of Black needs this more. Um, and I feel like, like I was saying, this is a Tony Khan spot. That's like, Hey, he's really a top star for us. And then he's going to start to push him out of this. Yeah, I don't know any, I don't know any backstage. Yeah, I don't know any backstage stuff. That's all news to me. But it's a gimmick that I love. I think House of Black rules. Uh, it fits my aesthetic. It's a cool thing. So maybe it's just me hoping. Next match, TBS title, Jade Cargill versus Athena. Man. <laughs> Want Athena. Seems weird to have her lose, but I'm going to take Cargill because it seems they love her. Am I? I'm, it, yeah. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to this match. <laughs> yeah, this match is terrible. All right, I'll go. If I have to pick Athena. Oh, shit. This is your match, Rossi. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I don't care. Go ahead. All right, I'll give you the next one. If I want to pick Athena, I'll go count out finish. Next match. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Just isn't the vibe right now. And I like, and here's the deal. I like Jade Cargo. I no, just don't she's not really. not the problem. No, no, I don't really like Athena and I did. I used to. I just don't. I don't think that she I feel, well, let me say, I feel like she's going to be able to get a better match out of Jade than a lot of the other girls have. And that's no knock on Jade. But I feel like they had a little bit of a spot in the tag match they did a few weeks ago where they looked good together. So it might be a good spot to make Cargo look good, but she's not going to lose. As one uh, JT Rosario would say, eh, who cares? <laughs> who cares? All right. So this match, Jungle Boy. Versus Christian Cage in a grudge match. I'm going to go with the Jungle Boy uh, just because he should win. Christian Cage, the most insanely good promos coming out of nowhere, proven why he's so fucking good. Always good. Such a great wrestler. Like, this guy, his career should have been way more uh, at the top of the card than it was for a lot of it. And uh, he's just a good guy. He's going to give Jungle Boy a sick fucking match, and Jungle Boy's going to win. And, uh, Shut him up, and it's going to be cool. And that is uh, what I'm thinking, unless we got a little Luchasaurus in the background, which I'm not sure how that's all going to play out. But uh, I'm thinking Jungle Boy needs this. And uh, if he's ready, now you got him. Get him away from Cage after this and, you know, get him with, you know, on a trajectory to, you know, maybe be the TNT champ at some point. All right. I think this is very similar to when we were talking about Rollins and Riddle. I feel like... It's going to be the first of multiple matches, probably two big ones. Um, and I think Christian is going to win this one. Um, and then Jungle Boy will win whenever they do the blow off in some sort of a weird gimmick match. Maybe maybe a cage or something. I don't know. Um, but um, I, you're right. The dinosaur might, might come back and turn again. Um, where has he been the last couple of weeks? I feel like that tells the story. Um, I, I think Christian's going to win this match. And. I really think it'll help Jungle Boy long term to chase that win over Christian longer. Yeah, I'll jump in and confirm Christian. Uh, I think Jungle Boy wins the feud, kind of like you said with Rollins. But I think we get a double agent scenario here. And then maybe Jungle Boy can kind of become a man afterwards and stop relying on his friends and become the lone wolf boy that he should be. A, a Jungle Boy, Christian Cage in a cage or some kind of strap match or something is a very dynamite main event. You know what oh, I mean? Like a rematch. You know, like, that's yeah, like a, one of their like fe- fire fest 
like yeah like that's these they, shows yeah that's yeah they, they love like an ending like that and jungle boy stands triumphant and uh jr fucks up his name so next match oh, jack Barry. <laughs> very cool uh combination of uh ftr and uh excuse me wardlow against Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, I would love an FTR Motor, Motor City Machine Guns match after this. Um, who wins? Do we, we don't stop the trajectory of Wardlow and FTR, and they're fighting a guy that hasn't really done much and a team that doesn't even work here. So I'm going to go uh, the, 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 good, the good guys and the best guy, Mr. Uh, Dax, uh, going to show up, but uh, definitely need an FTR Motor City Machine Guns match right after this. Right, guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It could be for one of the five belts that FTR are holding. Ah, here's the thing. FTR is so hot. This is their year of the tag teams. Um, they're on a, a rising trajectory, as as is Wardlow. It's weird that, you know, Wardlow squashed MJF and's like, yeah, I want to go for the uh, TNT title. <laughs> That's a weird vibe. Um, and then MJF's going to come back and presumably be around the world title so that's another weird angle and then you have ftr running around being the best tag team in the world legit they're awesome they're great but i don't know like why aren't they going for the AEW titles when the AEW titles just don't feel as big as ftr feels but this is a nice way to get on the card ftr should be on the card um it feels like this is kind of thrown together to get them on the card uh, but like you said why can't this just be MCMG versus FTR in a like legacy dream match. I don't know, but I don't know if I gotta go it. I guess I go Jay Lethal pins Cash Wheeler, and then Jay Lethal claims that he beat Wardlow's team and makes him the number one contender, and then Wardlow can beat him in an extended three minute squash on a Rampage main event because that smells like a Rampage main event that no one's gonna watch. So that's my angle. It's a weak one. Yeah, I I don't think that I love Wardlow. I'm a big Wardlow fan, but I'm not excited. I'm not as excited for this match. It, probably because I'm not a big Jay Lethal guy, but I'm not as excited for this match as I would have been if it was just a tag match. But then they'll do it on free TV and I'll stop caring. So, yeah, the baby face is going to win. Very cool. I agree. I agree. All right. Up next, Casino Ladder Match. Uh, Claudio versus Wheeler Yuta, Penta, Ray Phoenix, Rush, Andrade, and Dante Martin. And TBD, which I assume is Tony Braxton's daughter. Um, she's definitely winning. Uh, that's a joke. I'm going to go with Claudio, and he cashes in against Mox, who I'm thinking is going to win, and have a uh, sick match in the club, and uh, we get a nice Claudio-Moxley match out of it. I'm just throwing that out there. What do you guys think? That's cute. I, uh, I am going to go with this being the spot that MJF returns. Ah, um, fuck um, you. Um, you know, everybody's talking about punk. Everybody's talking about Moxley. Um, but in, in reality, MJF just needs to get a world title shot. And does he really need to get involved with punk to do it? Um, punk can turn heel on his own. Um, doesn't need, especially in Chicago, he can find a way to do it. Um, or Chicago just gonna want him to make Moxley bleed, whatever. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, MJF coming out and winning this thing doing little to nothing in the match while the other seven guys kill each other. And then he just waltzes in at the end, knocks somebody out with the ring, wins, runs up and wins the match. 
um, feels like the best way to return him. Um, so that's where I'm going. All right, I got to pick a guy here. Uh, which one of these are the – it's like a punk dream match. And I'll go – I don't know, Phoenix, fine. Phoenix, eh, actually, Penta would be kind of awesome with either either Lucha Dragon, or Lucha Dragon, excuse me, Lucha Bro versus Punk would rule, but I, I agree that it's going to be MJF in the TBD. So did we sway you to go MJF, Rocco? Um, I like the scenario, yeah. I mean, for him to come, I feel like that's kind of, uh, it doesn't really, I don't know, him just coming out in a ladder match seems like very beneath the importance of his comeback, what it should be, but and getting I, that I, and he gets a title too, but it's a cute way to do it yeah now he just doesn't have to fight anyone he could just be an asshole and just say i got a title match and he doesn't have to actually interact with anybody else he just goes right back to the top which is a very cool way for him to do that it's a loophole because they deal with these stupid rankings where if you're not in the rankings so that's right. convoluted which we'll get into later so but also dark 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 horse would be dante martin in a cool moment too where he continuously loses but he always looks good and they build him good to be like a jobber to the mid card guys so this would be a nice feather in his cap too but i don't think it i think we should go mjf as a whole if we have to go as a whole very cool we're going to do Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaimed tag title match. Um, I think it'd be really cool. The Acclaimed have gotten so organically over and everyone loves them a lot. A win from them would be a really neat thing to do, to see. But I think we in Strickland uh, keep the belts and maybe lose to uh, another team or eventually have a fight with... Uh, man, I don't even know if I like these guys <laughs> together. So, yeah, I'm going to say that... It's, yeah, I like the acclaimed a lot, so I'd love to see them win, but I think we're going Swerve. Yeah, I, I'll jump on this. I'll take the acclaim. I think Swerve in my glory. I like both guys. I like Swerve, I like Swerve a little better than I like Keith Lee. Keith Lee is kind of a little long in the tooth, and he, he, just timing is past for him to be like the upper card guy. You know, the pandemic kind of screwed him, and an old crazy old man kind of screwed him. Not that he did himself any favors by coming in they out of shape or whatever, but hey, you know, diseases are well, whatever he had going on back then, it seemed serious. So, you know, he had a stroke of bad luck and you know, he he wrestled a lot local here, so I always have a soft spot for him. But I dig Swerve. I think Swerve has big upside as a singles, but I don't their time wasn't now to put them in the tag team, but to give them the belts, it just doesn't really feel with it. Like you, when you have the Young Bucks and FTR and the Lucha Bros, and I know they've been there, done that, but why not do it again? Like, why? I don't get that. Whatever. But it's just, that's my problem with AEW. It just feels, their title scene feels like, nope, it's my turn. Rocco, I promised you when you signed, you're going to get a shot with the belt for four months. It's your turn now. So nothing else matters for those four months because you're going to drop them in four months. So we're just going to make shit happen. So it just, it just doesn't seem like anything's organic. It just seems like everything's planned ahead of time just to make a bunch of wrestlers happy or because I fantasy booked everything and we have to go with my, it just feels very like, like computerish, not organic. So that's like their title scene. That's the whole vibe. But we're not gonna get into that here. Go with the acclaim. The 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 crowd's gonna be super hot for them. The moment will make them. It doesn't feel like they're ready to win the belts, to be honest. But the moment will make them feel like they read it. And you don't really know if they're ready until they actually win. And it feel like it is important for them to win. I think it's the claim. Ross, you want to break this one quick? Yeah, I love the acclaimed um, for obvious reasons um, here in New England, but. Uh... 
Yeah, I think that um, Swerve and Keith Lee retain. Even with Daddy Ass in their corner. Uh, I'm not we, convinced Daddy Ass Daddy Ass doesn't scissor his way into fucking them over here. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe. right. Now, Ro- Rocco, how many ladies back in the day have called you Daddy Ass? I know we're running long. I just, I just need to know. I have been told by many a woman that I do have a very good ass, so just for the record. So okay. a few. I don't like being called Daddy, but that's all right. Um, well, well, then why is your name in all the group chats that were in Daddy Ass? I don't get it. Right. <laughs> the acclaimed also, Anthony Bowens from Nutley, New Jersey, and uh, you, Max Gasser from up there. It's kind of like this podcast. Yeah, buddy. Nutley, New Jersey, the town next to mine growing up. Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs in a grudge match. Um, man, this is a tough one, but uh, I'm going to give it to Hobbs. I don't think Starks. Hobbs is, seems like more of a project that they want, and Starks. He could talk his way out of anything. Doesn't matter if he loses. He's he's you know got the gift of gab to get himself back over. On so uh, I'm gonna go Hobbs. Um, I think Starks has to win. Um, Hobbs is kind of bulletproof because of his size and you know he just did the fresh heel turn. Um, they have bigger plans for Starks I think um, than they do Hobbs right now. Where Hobbs might be more of a long term project, but I think they're ready to do something with Starks. Um, I don't know what, but something. Um, and I got Starks here. Uh, I agree with that. It should be Starks, could be Starks, but I think Starks is a little bulletproofish, as just because I think he can get his heat back with a loss. Not not a, not his heat, but his babyface shine back after the loss. And I think that Hobbs is kind of dead in the water after the turn. Hobbs is the one that turned let Chase uh, Starks chase a little bit longer before he gets the the shine back and really make him sh- make him chase it so he can shine before we accelerate him up the car a little more but if hob loses he's kind of dead in the water especially due to his size so i'll go starks with that one and i guess they always have that a uh, fucking stunad with the I factory mean, that could come in and hobbs hobbs yeah 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 <laughs> and that guy with the electric hat in the <laughs> oh jesus yeah that camarado what jesus. a look yeah that's interesting his other look was even worse so i guess this is a step up but uh, yeah, so they they could they could fuck up with both these guys too. So uh, we do have the finals of the six man. We don't know who uh, the Bucks and the uh, Omega are gonna face, but I think we know Rocco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, I see the Elite winning this. Uh, you know, makes sense for them to be the first uh, uh, six man guys. So I'm gonna go with the Elite. So go ahead. Quick thought here. Quick thought here though. Um, do we really need to see more fucking Hangman, um, Omega, Buck stuff? Like, like, do we have to? It's been like two years now. Yeah, but they kept the tag titles for this. This is the shit that I'm talking about where everything's predetermined and, you know, we we live in our fantasy. So nothing's organic. So, you know, it's just too online, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it might be too on the nose that they win. But, uh, you know, I mean, Omega and uh, Hangman have never had their little like uh, kiss and make up moment. So maybe that's the big moment that we'll get, you know. Omega finally, the Bucks say, hey, give him a kiss. Omega gives him a kiss. Um, the big good, match good, for the well, title. Real quick, but, good good for the Beaver Boys for being in that spot. It's by happenstance, but, oh, you know, yeah. whatever. It, I guess, so we go in on the Elite, and that's just simple. It, but it's just, the tag, the six-man titles were, were created six months ago, and they were on ice for Omega to return. Like, why couldn't Omega return and then the Young Bucks chase? And they created this titles when... 
the promotion was stagnant and could have filled time. I don't know. It just feels lame. Hey, Dark Order, this is a cool way. There's, those dudes ain't touching the tag belts, I don't think, for a while. I think I think Silver would be an, it's an awesome TNT champ. But I think maybe that's a really cool way to get them gold, which would be, you know, with Hangman and, uh, you know, so I, I kind of like that idea. I just kind of feel like it's going to be the elite. But I do like the idea of giving them gold this way because I don't think they're going to get it otherwise. And they definitely fucking deserve it because they've been great for this company. The Beaver Boys, that is. All right. Yeah. Good story. Yeah. So Mox Punk title match. I know I said Mox was going to win, but I think the whole whatever was happening uh, that has been the talk of wrestling which is why i think all this bullshit just happened to come out i think this is all insane worked shit i don't think any of this bullshit's real it's 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 insane to think that all this comes out a week before their biggest show of the year like this is all part of the the pie the whole thing the five minute match had everyone talking it's just part of the character that punk had to get to the point where he felt so beat up that he had to almost retire in the ring and his boy had to come out and it just it just extended the story. It told the story in a different way that I've never seen told, and I've been a wrestling fan for a long time. Is it traditional? No, not at all. Is it great? I don't know. I don't hate it. I just think it was a cool way that he came out. That that three those three segments were great. The story that they told with that Mox coming out, fuck this, whatever. That was a really neat story that I've never seen told in a wrestling ring before. Um, he literally made that crowd lose their fucking minds while they were booing him in the beginning of the fucking promo. That was great. That's a fucking master. He literally is, has a seething crowd around him. I thought that was fucking incredible. And him winning in his hometown, I think, is going to be fucking incredible. I think the whole thing with that unifying that belt was I think it's better for him to win the title than to win a unification match. I think it's cooler optically. I think it's a cooler look that he wins the title, doesn't unify the belt in Chicago. So I am going punk. And, uh, you know, haters can fuck off. This match is going to be really good. They're both fucking great. And uh, it's uh, it's going to seize. And that crowd is going to be wild. Uh, I don't, I don't want to take Moxley. I think Punk's going to win. But um, Mike, are you taking Mox? Maybe maybe this is a spot MJ come ba- MJF comes back. And Punk's the one that ran him off. So MJ come back. MJF comes back as that conquering baby face and keeps the belt away from Punk. And Punk turns heel afterwards on like a rampage or whatever or dynamite, whatever. I don't know. And I just think we're going to see MJF this weekend. I assume this is the match it's going to be, even though we picked the ladder match. It's just, yeah, it's a cool way to get there. Like the the five minute match was cool. And I think that's cool from breaking up from the monotony and the my turn, your turn. And I think it was, it does goodwill, but if we have rankings and I guess the contract thing was a loophole, but if we do the whole ranking thing, why, why did we do this in the meantime? And then why would punk losing in five minutes make you want to buy a (laughs) pay-per-view? I don't know. Well, he made you buy the one to buy the pay-per-view on Wednesday. That's what no, made he the talked to the people that are going to be there in attendance, not the crowd at home. I mean, <laughs> it, he it was, was it was sick. Chicago centric. I mean, it he was staring right into my me, fucking TV room. My TV, let my me TV jump room. on that. No, it was let it's me the jump on that. Opposite. It was talking to crowd to get the crowd in his hand from his hometown, the town that the pay-per-view is in. It, yeah, it got me fucking is, up. Jimmy in Chicago. That doesn't mean Jimmy in Wisconsin want to buy it. Guys, is is CM Punk a schizophrenic? I don't know. They just because he like two weeks ago he was the biggest dickhead heel, 
that the company probably ever had when he was shitting on Hangman. And now he's like down in his dumps. Like he was like fucking Mickey Rourke and the wrestler. Um, how he can't, I can barely walk. Yada, yada, yada. Maybe I'm just not good enough anymore. And it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like the crowd. I, like I thought it was compelling, but I didn't like it. I didn't. And, and I, I, the reason I didn't like it is it was so opposite the character he's had for the last couple of weeks or months. You know what I mean? Um, I know he'd been off TV for a while, but he was such a fucking dick two weeks ago. And now he's like this conquering baby face. Um, and I feel like punks did a win, but I feel like why he did this was that he is going to try to get the crowd eating out of his hand, like a fucking baby bird on Wednesday. And then he can turn around and turn heel on Sunday and watch everybody boo him. And then he can say, or at least that's his idea. And then he can say, wow, they ate out of my hand one day. And then they booed me that like four days later, look how great I am. Um, that's just how I see it. Um, and I, and I mean, I don't, I don't think anything punk does in front of this crowd is going to actually get booed, but I feel like that's what's going on in his head. Yeah. But if, and then you have the foot real quick, if you have the foot that if it's not going to heal in three months, it's going to heal in seven days or eight days, nine days, 10 days, whatever. It's just a lot of this doesn't make sense. But to the point of the promo, Pump, Punk elicited emotion from a lot of us. <laughs> so he did his job, even if the gimmick or even if the promo was had its holes in it and the story has its holes in it. And I don't really think it helped the pay-per-view the buys to the structure of it. But him eliciting emotion in creating anger or creating firing or getting you fired up or whatever may have but it's the story it's like they don't have real stories it's a, it's like a backstage crutch that they lean on which yeah it caters to some of us i guess but are they really going to grow their audience out of that they did a million in point oh one i don't know it's just i don't i think this is probably this isn't going to be their best buy rate their best buy rate in the last five or six pay-per-views this might be the worst one since what the one the fire after the one after the fireworks or whatever i don't know it's just i you always talk about like growing the audience like I, there's i think there's enough like even the network topped off at a million and they never got more than that there's just x amount of wrestling fans and that's it like they're, they're never going to be three million people watch like it's never going to happen anymore it's not that way anymore so I don't think it's a thing. Like, they're doing great. Everyone, TNT's very happy with them from everything I can see. Um, they're a number one show. They're they're not going anywhere. Are you, the thing, the are thing you with, sure they're doing great, though? Like, I, I understand. A million people great. watching your show live is a huge thing for advertisers, dude. Like, look at what they did for HBO and uh, Discover Channel with all that integration and shit like that. That is priceless for those channels to have that on there. To, the way they handled the fucking Game of Thrones thing and the Shark Week thing, like, to have a live thing that isn't a commercial that a million people are watching is huge for an advertiser so i think that they're they're, they're very happy with them that's just my opinion what the fuck none of us are fucking tv executives i know um, we're not tv executives but for if you look at the metrics of a pay-per-view and if it's on the trajectory of up and then you, you your fifth one kind of falls down to you know where the floor has been I understand pay -per -view that. Pay-per-view a different beast. There's people who will never order a pay-per-view just because they don't need to because you have a TV show. I didn't order pay-per-views for years because I was like, I don't fucking need to waste my time on that. I got the show to watch. Or, you know, I think that that's the – I think it's a different audience. You know, there's – I don't know. But, but on paper, the card looks great, but it just doesn't 
feel great is and then it has to do with the weird build towards this main event by the way rossi dropped check 508 card breaks he had to break some cards <laughs> on the internet so if you're into sports cards check out 508 card breaks and then that's your hookup for cards so we can put a ball on this so we can keep going i'm good rocco you want to keep going motherfucker let me say one thing about the the actual match right the, the five minute match you know oh, <laughs> like, should win well, oh, once, okay. well sorry no the, the match from the dynamite like i think and maybe i uh can put a story where there wasn't one but if they're giving me the fucking pen and paper, that's they're giving me the elements. And if I'm writing the story and it's not what they meant, that's how I'm perceiving it. And I think I think like a lot of people, maybe other people did. But I think Punk was like you're talking about him being a total dick. For, Mike was talking about how he was being a dick for on TV. I think he was overconfident in the match with Moxley and he came at Moxley and Moxley fucking wrecked him. And I think he kind of fucking took the fucking like, oh, shit, this guy's fucking owning me. And I didn't take that. Into, I didn't think that would happen. And then he kind of I think he kind of faked the little leggy deal, too, or it happened and he kind of used it as a little bit of a crutch because he was just getting crushed early. He had nothing. Moxley didn't fucking Moxley took everything he had right away and just said, fuck this. So there I think there is more of a story than people are giving credit to it for the match for the actual card. I love AEW. I have they everything is so fast and I just need them to slow down a little bit with the storytelling. I don't think that the fastness is a is a pro like to an extent it can be, but um, no, I'm saying that's the problem I have with yes. them is everything's so fast and I need them to chill out a little bit. It's hard to digest a lot of it. And when you can't digest it all, it's hard to, you know, sink your teeth and care about 15 matches, you know, it's yeah. And like, I just need, it's, there is a middle ground between the things I love about that company and the things I, I like about WWE. And that's going to be the perfect product. It's just not, that's just not how it's going to work, I don't think. You know, they're not going to combine the two. Th- like, that's my, that's what I want. Maybe, you know, like we know, there are people who are diehards AEW, and there's the cult of WWE people who would don't even watch AEW. Because I think that years ago, there used to be the WWE fans who would take over events and chant punk. That's gone. You've noticed that that's gone, right? Yeah. Like, all those people just watch AEW now. They don't go to WWE shows to be a hater because it's the only live wrestling they could watch on a big scale. So, like, it's so fragmented now that, there are people who will just hate it because they it's not the WWE and vice versa. Oh, God. But yeah, um, is it the most compelling story for a main event of a big show? No. But the guys who were given the chance to do what they could do, it's kind of like working for yourself. You know what I mean? Like you could if you get the chance, like I'd rather fail at my company than succeed in someone else's company. You know what I mean? Like I, they were given a little bit. And they they gave they took a lot, you know, on Wednesday. So I think they both did above and beyond what they could have done to what a lot of people could have done to sell people getting interested in the match just by talking. And that's a a skill that not a lot of people have. So. I just wanted to start start having real stories, real character development instead of relying on backstage gossips or backstage leaks to create stories or backstage leaks to create heel turns or whatever or backstage leaks like around the MJF stuff where MJF is is losing his shine and he's a smart businessman for himself and goes doing business for himself and they try to make chicken salad out of chicken shit what I mean? So or they make chicken, whatever. It's just... I, think, I think both companies need to, AEW especially, especially when they started, is I don't need, see, AEW is so focused on really having a, a great live show when your people are there that it's tough 
because you, you have to have the big 10 minute 15 minute matches but for tv i i miss the fucking raw with a five minute val venus fucking debo brown match that yeah. just exists to tell the story you know mm-hmm. and i miss that kind of storytelling that could be in the ring and i i miss backstage vignettes too which the aw does not love to do at all um i miss well, that kind so of thing fast yeah it's just too fast and wwe is too slow and that's why i said there's a middle that yep. exists and you know we'll give it time i hope yeah but at least you they they hammer it in there they you know what's going on and you can in on rewatch you can fast forward <laughs> you know <laughs> that is true but anyways i for for the record a million is not a bad thing but it's just growing to that million opposed to trying to grow and maintain that million it's like let's move past the formula we're stuck in and let's try to explore a little bit and see if we can grow up because for example man there are what 2.2 million people watching smackdown on a friday night and then they just turn off their tv and decide not to watch rampage and they in they do what 400 to we'll call it half a million so it's not a quarter of the people, but it's, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a crossover, honestly, dude. I exactly. don't think there's a w- that's the point. They're all wrestling fans and there's not a crossover. Say there's five hundred thousand people watching Rampage. How many of those people watch SmackDown? Half I think they're that? no, I think they're WWE fans. I don't I'm not gonna say wrestling fans. They're WWE fans. If you're a fucking WWE fan, you're a wrestling fan and you can come on, that's that's just a shitty There are people who watch WWE and have never seen an ECW card or a fucking indie show there's and would never way. even there's and don't an even entrance. know there's entrance AEW music. Exists. There's wrestlers. You that's your audience. I don't give a fuck. There's people <laughs> yeah, there's people diehard. People you know that have shows on networks adjacent to this that have never seen AEW and they're fucking WWF marks for life. So they, it they, exists. Their AEW is more likely to steal from the WWE audience and become a, a a fan of both, opposed from frigging stealing from the NBA and making them a fucking fan. Like, come on, there's a ring. There's oh, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Like the well, idea of the casual on. fan, but I think they're they're two to different things. If those like, WWE fans want to go see Daniel Bryan or CM Punk or Malachi Black or whatever, they they should be stealing them. They, that's what I'm saying. There just needs to be more focus and take more risks and get out of this backstage formula of bullshit because it ain't fucking working. Yeah, because I don't read the sheets. I don't know any of that shit. So that's uh, a lot of it is lost on me. Cause I, well, I all their fans seem to read the sheets. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of what the culture that that dude seems to have grown up in. That's what he likes. It's a sign of that. And it's probably a reason why he doesn't know how to book a woman's fucking division either is that that's he's just... He doesn't care, honestly. He doesn't give a fuck about the women. It's on the show because it's the right thing to do. And that's no, this is, oh, he's a fucking New Japan fucking dude who likes, and probably has some, doesn't really have the maybe empathy for women and or even see it because New Japan never had women and stuff like that. So that's a major issue that I have with that. So that's a well, that's a personal thing. I'm not gonna get into that dude's fucking personality, but all right, let's go home, buddy. This is all fun. Right, it was fun to talk AEW. You know, Reesh and Jordan do a great job. Do it on every other friday uh, opposite of us so uh it was fun to kind of dip our toes in the AEW waters and, and jump into that again 508 card breaks for rossi if you want to check him i'm sure he would say goodbye if he could but rocco it was a blast it was fun to jump on on a non-week and just kind of preview this weekend i'm really looking forward to it yeah it's gonna be a fun uh fun weekend for wrestling fans cool man well all right guys check you next week for clotheslines and headlines 2.0 you don't want me, set me free Exactly who I'm supposed to be
Don't you know which clothes even fit me? Come on and let me know. Should I cool it or should I blow? 